Major support for Out to Lunch on WWNO provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937, now with more than 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., and from Iberia Bank, offering comprehensive banking services designed to meet the needs of consumer, small business, and commercial clients. From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and economist. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Although the theory of human evolution is up for debate in some circles, what is indisputable, even in Louisiana, is the evolution of fashion. At one point, a backpack was for hikers, a book bag was for school kids, a briefcase was for business people, and a handbag was a fashion accessory for women. Somewhere along the line, that evolved into an all-purpose bag, size fashionable backpack that you're likely to see in middle school or in the business class of a plane. Locally, your fashionable all-purpose bag might be made from materials as diverse as canvas, alligator leather, and recycled sailcloth. Chop Industries, spelled like the first syllable of Chopatulis, makes rugged bags from local materials. The bag designer and owner of Chop Industries is Patty Dunn. Patty, welcome down to lunch. Thank you. <laughs> now, if you want to buy a locally made bag or other locally made artisan items, you'll probably have to wait in line at an arts market or a festival to find it. Or you could go to a store called Sopo. Sopo is like a year-round arts festival booth. You can bring your dog and have a beer while you hang out in their unique location on Carrollton Avenue near City Park. The co-founder of Sopo is Robin Bourne. Robin, welcome out to lunch. Thanks for having me, Peter. And what is uh, Sopo? Is it south of Poitras? <laughs> Just a thought. It's the strangest thing. When we were looking to name the store, we, we did a lot of um, English to other language translation. And um, in Finnish, Sopo means cute. So that's, oh. I have no reason as to why we picked a Finnish word, except it's cute. So that uh, would be a pickup line in a Finnish bar? It works a lot. That was great, Art. <laughs> if I use it three times, it's mine. That's what they say. They, um, Patty, in business as in other walks of life, you have to be careful what you wish for. You name a startup company, Chop Industries, even though the entire company is basically you designing and making the bags, then it starts to take off. Uh, today, you're looking at something that resembles more of an actual industry. Uh, how are you coping with uh, popularity? Oh, wow. Well, we're trying to keep up as best we can. You know, we, have a, we make all of our own bags. We have a small production facility. Is the production separate? Where is it? Is that in town here, too? Actually, we did just open our own shop in the Lower Garden District, and all of the production happens in the back of our shop. Um, so we've got two sewers and one cutter, and we're, we just hired two new sewers this week that are being trained. Yeah, wow. so we're trying to keep up with it. So if I came in, you would be skinning the alligators in the back, and there's a, <laughs> I just like the whole visual on I this I wish thing. we could provide that full experience, but you may just <laughs> see people sewing. But let me ask you, though, as we were talking earlier, um, you know, everybody's got everything on their tablet now. Why are bags so popular? I mean, and what goes in them, really? You know, it's interesting. I, I try and dissect you know, what this style trend. Um, I think more and more we're, you're seeing people blending very functional products and clothing with their everyday lives because, you know, you could get caught in a downpour in the swamps or you can get caught in a downpour in the streets of New Orleans. <laughs> so um, people are just looking for more functional products. And then also I feel like 
men are looking for that at bag. We get men and women buying our bags, but it's like a huge is? new fashion trend for men to have a cool backpack. You think it's 50-50? For us? Yeah, men and women? Or? Um, I think it's probably a little bit more women just because women shop more in general, yeah. but it is, you know, I've been very surprised. All items are purchased by both men and women. Now, you make actually things out of very different material. Don't you have a Nutria bag? We do, yeah. <laughs> That's one of the newest to our collection. And what is it, by the way? I saw it. I was trying to figure, is it a handbag? It is. We call it our Latour purse. And it's a circular um, purse with a zipper closure. And it's got Nutria fur on the front panel. And your husband is out shooting these in Jefferson Parish in the canal somewhere <laughs> as a vertical integration. <clears throat> I do have friends that hunt them, but we purchased them from a distributor in uh, Galliano. Wow. And I see you everywhere. I see you at festivals and such. And uh, But how do you get... Um, that's a tough market. I mean, you've got the, the big backpack, the uh, Jan Sports and all that. Mm -hmm. How do you differentiate mm -hmm. yourself? Well, we're really unique because um, we provide a product that is locally made. You can go meet the sewers. You know, it's designed and built right here in New Orleans. And we have a very strong local story. So, of course, we're getting so much support locally from everyone in New Orleans who have the pride of this area. We want to support that. Yeah, yeah. Really <laughs> and across southern Louisiana, really. But we've just started um, seeing more sales come in nationally. And I think people just want something unique and they want to stand behind a story they believe in. Robin, you often hear people asking, why isn't there a Trader Joe's here? Why are there so many Walgreens? The answer is that successful retailers know precisely where to put a store for a particular customer profile. And I might be wrong, but I'm guessing when you decided to open Sopo, you probably couldn't find that kind of research. What made you choose a location that's on a stretch of Carrollton Avenue, really not known for retail? And, and what kind of marketing do you have that's, that's driving people in the door there since 2012? Well, um, a lot of it just was a, a gut feeling. Um, living in the neighborhood that Sopo exists, um, I actually live in the Mid-City neighborhood, and um, post-Hurricane Katrina, we just noticed that year after year, no little cute mom-and-pop style boutiques were opening. And your name meant cute? And my yes, name meant right cute, so <laughs> Sopo, that was a perfect fit. But um, I miss that. I miss being able to just to walk to go grab that last-minute little gift that I needed or something that was a reflection of New Orleans, and I didn't want to have to always go to another neighborhood. No offense to uptown or downtown. Right. It's just sometimes convenience-wise, I just wanted to be able to hurry up, pop in, get what I needed, and go. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think it was uh, just some organic market research of identifying, I know this is what I would like in my neighborhood, and interviewing some of my neighbors, I think we Not all a chemical just, plant. Right. right. Okay. So the, uh, <laughs> exactly. I can see. Wow. So where, that's what I want to ask is where do you get these items? Well, we are lucky enough to live in a great city that has so many great artisans and designers like Patty from Chop Industries. I mean, we are proud to carry her line. It sells very well for us. Um, we try to stick to that um, that theme of trying to trying to create a store that is filled with things that represent the city in which we live. And we are so lucky. We have jewelry makers like St. Claude and um, Ware Garden. I know these, I bet Patty's very familiar yeah. with this. And um, uh, accessories for both men and women like crude optic um, oh, sunglasses. Yeah. I know right. Sterling has been a guest on your yeah. show. Um, and it just goes from there, from housewares and uh, cutting boards and cups and uh, cards made by like Lionheart Press. I know you know Liz. 
is. Um, just, we're, we're so lucky, so why not showcase the best of New Orleans in one spot? So when you can't make it to a market or you can't make it to the French market, which is seasonally, um, you know, you can come to Sopo and, and we have it there for you all in one spot. So this is easier than if you decided to open a store like in Poughkeepsie or something. There's, uh, they, <laughs> in theory, uh, yes. Yeah, wow. They, now what's the, um, what do you think is one of the odder things you've got in the store? The oddest thing we have in the store right now. Ooh. Um, for, for a New Orleans market or for a national customer? Oh, either way. <laughs> either way. Yeah. Um, oh, my goodness. Uh, we just sold out, thank goodness, um, of keg skins, which was, uh, a, it's basically a big koozie for a keg. And we thought it would be <laughs> a, a great thing for, like, parade lineups or people giant, who tailgate. That would be another thing. And, yes. it, and it works. It keeps your keg cold. But... Um, it, it was not the market for New Orleans. I was proven <laughs> wrong very quickly. <laughs> and so, you know what? New Orleanians are just beyond that. They're more advanced when it comes to keeping their to cocktails cold yes, and drinking. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. So, no, exactly. So. And, uh, you know, that's one of the things I find from the guests is that they're really... Um, <laughs> They're very proud of the mistakes they've made. You know, I mean, really, because it's, it's something in your personality that makes you just keep going. And Absolutely, and learn from them and keep going. Ex yes. Wow. Keep that, drinking. <laughs> keep drinking. <laughs> we did a post, a blog post about how to turn your roulette pack into a cooler, mobile what? cooler for for um, not jazz fest. For Mardi Gras. And we had a couple people write us and say that they did it, and it worked great. Because it's all <laughs> waterproof, right? It's, it is, yeah. yeah. You can hold it off. Now, I see, um, I see the chop industry bags all over the place. Why did you open a retail outlet? Um, that's a, it's a different it, game. Yeah, it is a different game. It had been a goal of ours for a while. I think when you are doing your own production and sales, it gets tricky. It gets tricky to, I think, um, it's harder... It's harder to reset bottom line. You know, it's harder to make a profit because you are in control of everything that could go wrong with the production. <laughs> and then you have to turn around and sell it. And when you're selling it at a wholesale, you know, you're making good money, but we, we just needed to see higher margins on part of our sales. So um, it was a good opportunity for us. And then hopefully we can create some items that are only direct sales so we can control our price point a little bit more and offer people better prices. You know what I would be thinking if I was listening to the show, and I am listening because I'm sitting here with you, is the, uh, I would be thinking that how do you feel about her having a retail outlet? I don't yeah. look at her as competition. I look at myself, at Sopo, as an extension of her brand. Um, we're in completely different neighborhoods. So had Patty decided to open Chop Industries, the retail space right next door to me, then we probably would have discontinued Thought. carrying your line. Yeah. But we would have been very, I think, compatible as neighbors. But since she opens in another neighborhood, I just, we, we have several uh, New Orleans retailers like Loomed. They're, they're right down the street from here, from Commanders. And we just... We, we just see ourselves as we're an extension of them. Yeah. So when somebody from Mid-City can't get to the Garden District or Uptown, then we have products for them. And they can still continue to be available. And let me ask you a, <clears throat> a kind of a business a strategy question. You, uh, does she sell them for the same price you sell them for? Yes. yes. And so there's no, you don't let people mark them down and such like that. No, that we hope works? that they don't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hope never to see Chop Industries bags at TJ Maxx or anything. There's a, no. there's a, okay, there's a. We don't have enough bags for that. <laughs> <laughs> I bet the trolley helped you. Oh, it's so wonderful to just, because we are in a situation where we can have our doors and windows open and you can see the streetcar passing by and, um, and, we never thought we would have as many um, New Orleans visitors coming into Sopo, but it's, it's thick. 
people were taking the streetcar to the park and seeing Angela Bricadas and other things along Carrollton mm -hmm. that they're dying to check out. And so we, we do pick them up, which is, it's, it's pleasantly surprising. <laughs> yeah. Now, how would you decide if you wanted to open a second store? I mean, a lot of people get to this level and are very comfortable and, and right. such, and then others feel that need to push. What, what about yourself? Um, yeah, we, we're actually um, talking about that a lot right now. Um, that taking So the way SOPO works is currently we're two stories. So downstairs is anything that would sell probably for a gift. So the Chop Industries line is downstairs. Maybe you'd buy a gift for yourself or a lot of people bought it as graduation gifts, um, cards, jewelry. We even have a little baby section. Whereas upstairs is women's clothing. So we would love to take one of those sections and move it to be another location that's focused just on that. Um, I'm sorry I can't reveal that information oh, to I you know. at this point because we are in the planning stages. But Well, and stay I will tuned. take that food away from you, stay too. That's, that's just the way we're going to do this. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> but it is for, absolutely, I think... Um, uh, anybody and as entrepreneurs like Patty, like just how Patty saw that she had to open that, that location, absolutely. We would love to expand our brands and, and be, be more accessible to more New Orleanians. And then what about, um, Patty, what about your side? Do you, uh, is mm -hmm. it demand driven? Uh, uh, how do you, you mentioned you've hired on some new sewers and uh, mm -hmm. things like that. Is it, that's the way it's, it's going to kind of go? The more the demand is, you'll, you'll push it from there? Yes, we've been growing very slowly and organically. I don't have a business background. I wasn't ready to just take a leap and you were you a nutrient major, I believe. Be ready in college. for TJ I remember Mac. that as a <laughs> <laughs> wow. But um, so I'm learning so much as I go, and we really are taking baby steps along the way and waiting for the demand before we put ourselves out there too much with the inventory. Now it's time to do the checklist. This is the part of the show where we take a little break and ask you a quick question that you probably wouldn't find on a loan application. Now, Robin, I'll, I'll start with you. What was your first job? My first technical real job uh, was my freshman year of college. So I was 18, and I went down to Grand Isle, Louisiana. My mom had just bought a camp, and I lived in the camp all summer long and worked at Pirates Cove Marina pumping gas and um, bringing ice to the boats. It was the funnest summer job I've ever had. What a great way to meet Dr men. Uh, yeah, great. That's I met a lot of great men and women. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Got a lot of free fish. I learned That's a it. lot about uh, all the fish breeds in the Gulf of Mexico. I got tipped a lot in uh, Red Snapper. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I would bring bait and ice basically and pump their gas. It was a blast. And during the weeks, I would clean condos. And uh, it, was, it was fun. It was the perfect summer job. And I met a lot, a lot of people from all over the world. So, that and, I, is... and I'm a big fan of Grand Isle, and um, I think uh, we, I'm, my family still has camps down there, and we go every summer. Now, Patty, let's see. I'm going to ask you a question here, if you're ready. Is uh, what one piece of advice has stuck with you over the years? Yeah. Well, when I first started my first business, which was a client design service-based business, um, my dad, who owns his own architecture firm, told me never say no to anything. And at first, I think it was good advice while I was growing my business. It wouldn't be a good answer for meth. That would be a bad answer. <laughs> right. But I see, if you narrow it down, I'm with you now. Well, you actually learn. After you're like capped out and spread really thin, you, you actually learn that maybe that's not the best advice. It was great for growing, but um, I've learned, I have learned to say no to a few things, which has helped my sanity. <laughs> but the, but I, I think it probably has a certain um, a place in your thinking because, I mean, just saying yes to this idea was, uh, was yes, something else. Yes, it is. <laughs> they, yeah, they, yeah. Well, that is. No, we say not at this time. Yeah. That's better than no, isn't it? Can I yes, get back they, uh, to you about that? Yeah, I'll get back to you. Can I interest you in a Nutria bag? That's how they am. Um... 
Patty, let me ask you, you, you do, you're getting bigger all the time. Um, are you having trouble finding people? And where do you find people? Um, it's interesting because we haven't posted a single job yet. We've been really lucky that a lot of people have reached out to us wanting to work with us. And that's, you know, just a huge compliment about what we're doing. And I guess that also means we're still pretty small. But as we grow, yeah, we hope to tap more into the local community and maybe production that had been here before and people's skilled people that are seeking this type of work again. Okay, what about yourself, uh, Rip? So um, I am lucky enough to have a business partner. So Sopo, I'm, I'm a co-founder and I don't know how I would do it without having a business partner as uh, my right-hand man. But, you know, when we were in the design stages of it, I don't think, we kind of skipped over that part of the business plan of how do we go about hiring and <laughs> making sure we have the staff to do social media, website, day-to-day, -day, finding the lines like the people that we want to carry and woo, we, we should we should not have and luckily though we have uh, been blessed with um, people who just want to be engaged with what we have created because it's so like New Orleans yeah. saturated and lo local and um, they want to be a part of that movement I mean I think we see it everywhere. Uh, Robin Patty I want to take a minute to introduce you to Crutcher Reese. Uh, we met Crutcher through entrepreneur incubator idea village. Now Crutcher's entrepreneurial idea is called My Mix Nutrition. I'm going to give Crutcher one minute to tell you about it, and then I'm going to give you a chance to ask Crutcher one question, a question that you think he'll need to be able to answer in order to move his business forward. Crutcher, give us your one minute pitch. <laughs> Thank you, Peter. Um, so if you look across the broad product landscape within our modern economy, especially those products that are sold online, the ability to customize a product to be unique to you is relatively elemental. I mean, you know, for a long time now, almost two decades, customizing your own T-shirts, even your, your own sneakers, or really even your own car is available uh, right at your fingertips. But the health and fitness supplement industry is drastically behind the curve, and these products are actually going inside your body. So my wife and I, uh, both former collegiate and professional athletes, we set out on a mission a little over a year ago to create the first ever online store where individuals, supplement users with different goals can visit, design, and purchase, really walk away with a single protein powder-based product that is totally tailored to their unique needs. So, MyMixNutrition.com allows you to say goodbye to a bunch of mass-marketed, one-size-fits-all products that you see at GNC or Vitamin Shop or Whole Foods and really conveniently stack all of your different needs into one single tub of powder that's mixable with water, almond milk, and a smoothie blend, however you apply it. Well, who wants to go first, Robin or Patty? So I would just want to ask you, like, what is your plan for the scalability of an automotive mm -hmm. mixing process or something that can yeah. fulfill these orders uniquely every single time? So we actually, um, after moving the company from New York to New Orleans uh, in June of last year, linked up with Idea Village and a few other accelerator programs um, and found some different 3D printing technology at UNO and was able to kind of set up a production model that actually Within about three minutes, we can get a custom product out the door. If someone who is not as driven to figure it out on your website, could they go to a brick and mortar space to still um, experience your, your product? So right now, we're totally e-commerce. <laughs> okay. um, that's sort of a mandate for lean organic growth. Um, you know, you start opening up your own retail stores, and all of a sudden, bricks and mortar, you know, inherently carries 
certain levels of overhead and um, we think you know see Patty yeah is that, is that, see, Rob, we're like completely opposite right, right. Well, so, at yeah. the same time <laughs> but at the same time you know your overall user experience from start to finish is based around the experience they have in that store right. For us, we looked at the larger you know, macroeconomic indicator of what the health and fitness supplement industry is doing, and the most notable statistic is that about a 17.5% migration year over year from bricks and mortar stores is moving into e-commerce. Now, Crutcher, thank you so much for coming by today. We'll look forward to following your progress with My Mix Nutrition. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to stick around a little longer after the show and talk some more about My Mix Nutrition. You'll be able to hear the rest of that conversation with Crutcher Reese on our website, itsneworleans.com. Patty Dunn, Robin Bourne, fashions come and go, stores open and close. Uh, you're both in volatile businesses that require constant attention. The good news is that you're both doing great, and there's every indication you'll be the hippest kids on the block for a long time to come. Thank you so much for joining me on Out to Lunch. Thank you. Thanks Peter. for having us. A lot of fun to have you guys. The, uh, my guests on Out to Lunch today have been Patty Dunn, founder of Chop Industries, and Robin Bourne, co-founder of Sopo. You can find out more about Patty's Bags and Robin's store by following the links on our websites, wwno.org and itsneworleans.com. Our show is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday through Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday, with live music and dinner seven nights a week. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Jennifer Smith is our researcher. Mitch Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can get the show as a podcast. You can listen to past shows. You can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites, itsneworleans.com and wwno.org. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com and wwno 89.9 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you next week around the table here at Commander's Palace for more business New Orleans style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch on WWNO provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937, now with more than 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. Online at joneswalker.com. And from Iberia Bank, offering comprehensive banking services designed to meet the needs of consumer, small business, and commercial clients. For 128 years, Iberia Bank has served Louisiana clients, now serving a regional base with a commitment to developing people and investing in its communities. IberiaBank.com Additional support comes from Luba Workers Comp, Resource Management LLC, Fidelity Bank, and 30 North Investments.